Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and now you can enjoy all your favorite Electric Surge podcasts on the Electric Now channel. Download Zumo, Distro TV, and Stir, and soon the Electric Now app, where you can enjoy great television and movies from Electric Entertainment, as well as all your favorite Electric Surge podcasts like The 430 Movie, Inglorious Trexperts, The Best Movies Never Made, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast, and coming soon, Two on Who, a Doctor Who podcast. If you're a fan of Star Trek, then you already know about the Inglorious Trexperts. But maybe you don't know about the 430 movie, where at least two of us are on it, and we also have Ashley Miller and Steve Melching, and we talk about movies, movies that you'll probably like if you watch them. So give it a chance. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman from Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a James Bond fan, you want to pick up my new book, Nobody Does It Better, The Complete Uncensored Oral History of James Bond and Spy Mania. It's a hefty tome, and it's available now wherever you purchase books, audiobooks, and digital. Check it out, and I will renew your license to kill personally. Hey, this is Mark Altman. And this is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. In the distant reaches of our galaxy, we have made an astonishing discovery. This virus annihilated the entire adult population. It's already starting. It'll spread all over you, and then you'll die. The vaccine could be fatal. None of us feel all right! And this is a special coronavirus edition of Inglorious Trexperts. We're all self-isolating, right. um, you know, and... Uh, and I mean, even more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're back in our parents' basement, and uh, we're, we're trying to do... Uh, we, we thought it'd be fun to come back. I don't know why we thought this would be fun. I thought it would be fun to do uh, our best Star Trek virus episodes. Um, but, you know... Are, are you guys? What are you doing while you're all holed up? I, let me introduce you to our, our guests. Uh, we got uh, we got some great guests here who are, uh, we pulled them away from all their hard work and brought them uh, to the uh, glorious bridge over here. So we have a returning champion. You know him as the writer of uh, such movies as X Men: First Class and Thor. Uh, he's been on a bunch of recent episodes. It's always great to have him back with us, Ashley Edward Miller. Well, thank you for having me back again. Even under these trying circumstances. Yeah, wow. How's San Francisco? Uh, you know, things are great here in Starfleet Command. Yeah. Uh, you know, other than, well, it's, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a disaster area. But, uh, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. And then, <laughs> we, and then uh, the author of The Music of Star Trek and the upcoming Art of Star Trek, the motion picture, Jeff Bond is back. Hello. Hello, Jeffrey. Glad to be here. I apologize for this moody lighting. I was going for a, a, a Vilmos Zygmunt quality, but I think Darren's doing that better than I am, actually. Yeah, no, he got the Zygmunt. <laughs> you're, you're more Gordy Willis right yeah, now. That's and, right. Uh, and then we get over to the Roger Deakins of it all. Uh, he is a uh, writer and producer. He's the co-creator of TNT's hit series Perception. He was a writer and producer on such shows as Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek Enterprise. Another one of our favorite guests. He's back on the show, Michael Sussman. Mike, welcome back. Uh, pleasure to be here under any circumstances. So, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's it's funny because as we record this, uh, last week we had our uh, tribute to the, the great uh, Galaxy Quest TV show, and uh, most people really seemed to dig it. A couple people didn't, so we're going to get back to Star Trek this week. Um, <laughs> but we're not going to do the still best make up episodes of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah, the best part. That'll be the, the bonus question at the end. What was yeah. your favorite <laughs> virus episode of Galaxy Quest? <laughs> From now on, all we're going to do is talk about Galaxy Quest. We're really going to show everyone that. Uh, right, especially since the best episode was The Hands, The Face. <laughs> right. The Hands, The Face. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why, you know, why is it, guys, that, that Star Trek 
you know, it, it did so many virus episodes. I want to start with Mike because, of course, Mike was involved with a couple of virus episodes, and uh, you did, you know, back on Voyager and, and Enterprise. But you know, why you think the fascination with uh, with viruses, uh, obviously, uh, pandemics? <laughs> we know it's not really that exciting in real life. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the the viruses that I was involved with on on creating on Star Trek all had like really fun and interesting, uh, uh, you know, side effects. And uh, you know, they would it would it would you know for the Klingons it turned them into uh, genetic supermen. Uh, you know, there was uh there, there was a I did, I did an episode called uh, Prophecy uh, for Voyager season seven. Uh, about these Klingons who'd been looking for their uh, savior and believed that uh, Bellana Tora's unborn child was uh, was the savior and was going to save them from from this virus that had been uh, uh, afflicting them for years and years. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I did an episode where uh, uh, where Archer, an episode of Enterprise where Archer, uh, it wasn't a virus, but it was uh, some type of brain parasite that gave him uh, memento disease. So, uh, you know, I think it's sci-fi. You have license to, you know, come up with uh, a virus and uh, or, you know, any, any sort of disease and, uh, you know, give it some wacky uh, effect that, uh, you know, never in a million years would would happen. <laughs> right. But but uh, yeah, I was I was surprised if I remember writing certain episodes and instead of like inventing you know, a particular flu, I just, you know, I went into the database to find a flu that had already been on Star Trek rather than, you know, invent yet another disease. Uh, and there were actually many to choose from. Well, it's a great, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a great, um, MacGuffin, you know, because, um, it, it gives you, can you hear me? We can yep. hear you much better now. Yeah. Now oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it gives you a great MacGuffin because you can do, you know, sort of anything, but you also, there's always a cure at the end of the road. So by the end of the episode, you can hit the reset button. It's very sure. rare that, 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 you know, they don't find a, a cure, which is, I guess, very satisfying, I guess, for us, because, uh, you know, as people who grew up on all these virus shows, at least we know uh, how the episode ends. I think the idea of viruses um, pop up so many times in science fiction because they are incredibly scary because we have no control over them, basically. And they happen uh, without our input. And it's a, it's a, a good sort of uh, uh, conflict that uh, is not easy to sort of write yourself out of unless it's a, a, a miracle cure at the last minute or, uh, you know, the hand of God steps in. Yeah. invisible you can't shoot at them unless it's right. macrocosm and your captain janeway who i guess can shoot at gi giant uh, viruses but uh you know they're 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 a different sort of enemy antibodies yeah. oh you beat me to it <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for the right moment antibodies yeah i was gonna say too because they're so small and invisible to the eye uh you, you know they're very inexpensive to film <laughs> you don't have to yes. show them <laughs> he was scared to death you just uh, make a little you know in naked time it's just like a musical effect to basically or a sound right. effect uh you but, never actually see it. i was gonna say like it, it turned it okay. into a musical i just Okay, well, that, that's a perfect way into uh, talking about our favorite and, and least favorite virus episodes on Star Trek. I'm going to start with Darren. Um, oh so, Darren, Darren w w what's your favorite virus episode of Star Trek? You know, I have to say that it's Omega Glory. I knew it! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> not, only because, my favorite. not only because of, uh, you know, uh, Morgan Woodward's amazing uh, uh, Captain Ron Tracy, but the fact that his entire crew was turned into Epsom salts is kind of, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. neat and scary. Well, yeah. we, we, we talked um, about it on the show we before, have. but I, I, some would argue ad nauseum, but I, 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 we haven't had Jeff and Mike on the show to talk about it. So I want to ask them about the Omega this glory. Is, I like, mean, the, to me, the Omega glory is, uh, it's the most underrated, you know, Star Trek episode. Cause it's a, mostly assumed to be one of the worst, uh, and to me, I've always loved it. Uh, uh, I right up to the you know Kirk making the speech about the uh, you know, just for Shatner, but it, it's certainly where 
the show goes off the rails. But, uh, you know, prior to that, I think it's a great action story. It's like, you know, Heart of Darkness. You have this, uh, you know, Star Starfleet captain, you know, going rogue and just kind of becoming this monster. And he, Morgan Woodward, you know, you just worship uh, this guy as an actor. Uh, you know, he, he gave two of the greatest guest star performances on the original series. And he's, to me, is one of the greatest villains. Also v very underrated. You rarely see him mentioned, but he's the only, uh, you know, Star Trek villain who, who just easily beats Kirk in hand-to-hand -hand combat and, and, and en clearly enjoys it, is, is having a great time doing it. I think, you know, uh, Woodward was notab noticeably larger and taller than Shatner, uh, and he, he really steals, you know, the scenes that he's in. He's just got a fantastic physical presence, and the whole idea that, you know, he's got that great monologue, which is one of the great pieces of writing on Star Trek because of the way it conjures up this epic scene of, of mass slaughter. It probably, you know, one of those epic scenes, you know, in the, the entire original series, you never see it. It all happens off screen, but he gives such a vivid performance. You feel like you, you saw this massacre. Uh, so I, I absolutely love it. And the whole, yeah, the, the, the whole opening of, you know, finding those uniforms filled with <laughs> laundry detergent uh, <laughs> it was one of the most vivid, you know, openings that they ever had. Remember they show that on the Tom Snyder uh, show that was their clip to show what Star Trek was and uh, you know when they ended the clip before you know uh, they figure out what's going on just Tom Snyder's like I want to see the rest you know I want to I know what happens so it's, it was one of the show's great openings but it was also a great Viewmaster, one of the legendary yep. Viewmasters. So, Mike, I got to ask you, because you got two people extolling the virtues of the Omega Glory as their favorite virus episode. Uh, where, where, where are you on this whole Omega Glory deal? I mean, we've talked well, about it a lot on the show, and I just can't believe Yeah, it. I mean, last time I was on the show, it, it, it came up. I, I can't remember what the topic of the show was. It wasn't viruses, but uh, was it... Uh, oh, guilty pleasures. Yeah. guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. Right. Yeah, right. Fanatical, yeah, yeah. fanatical captains. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because I had pitched the, uh, the, uh, uh, the sequel episode. It was, it was The Man Trap and The Omega Glory. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, remember the Saw Vampire comes aboard and... Never leaves. Crew. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of that episode. I mean, you know, that was the first season where they were still... You know, Roddenberry was still very invested in, in, you know, I think his sales pitch document to NBC to explain how he was going to afford to do this show and that they were going to run into planets most of the time that were, you know, parallels to uh, what we'd seen on Earth. So we, you know, so we could shoot on the back lot and, you know, shoot, uh, you know, over in Culver City and that the show would not be this sort of, you know, back you know, wouldn't, wouldn't break the budget every week by having to build an alien society and, and show, uh, you know, uh, uncounted uh, alien visitors. Well, um, that's actually a great point you made that we haven't talked about. The Omega Glory was one of the proposed second pilots right. for right. Star Trek. And, wow. you know, they, they, it was, um, it, well, it was Mud's Women, uh, Omega Glory. And Where and, No Man Has Gone And Where before. No Man Has Gone Before. And so the network had no choice but to go with Where No Man yeah, Has Gone yeah. Before. <laughs> I mean, sure and Roddenberry really was pushing, was hawking the Omega Glory. Sure. So, uh, because that was the one that he wrote, because of course Sam Peoples wrote Where No Man Has Gone Before and Stephen Candell wrote Mud's Woman. It's kind of funny, you know, and it took a long while before that episode actually got made. Yeah, they were putting yeah. it off. I actually pitched to Pocket Books. Uh, I wanted to do this like Arkham Asylum story where that teamed up, you know, all of Star Trek's great villains and a guy who gave Kirk the commendation for original thinking of, of the Kobayashi Maru because he believed you had to do anything, you know, to survive. And he admired, you know, Kirk for basically cheating because he felt that's how you had to operate, and that would set him up to be the guy in in uh, Omega Glory. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> that's if really only, cool. If only pocketbooks had. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that, well, that's about a little more than that. No, they don't pay much more than that. Uh, the, the, the people who get who write those books, they, they, it's not a big payday, but uh, but it's very satisfying, you know, because they know Rob Burnett's going to read it. That's right. <laughs> he, he was, I was just reading a little trivia here on Omega Glory. Uh, apparently, in uh, the Inside Star Trek, the real story. Uh, reveals that Roddenberry personally submitted uh, his teleplay for consideration for an Emmy. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's also, why not? that's also why it was the Viewmaster, because they asked Gene what episode. And, of course, he wanted uh, the one that he wrote that, you know, he was so proud of to right. be uh, the Viewmaster. And, uh, you know, but it was always, even as a kid, I used to think, why is it, why is it like Doomsday Machine or a Muck right. Time or, you know. So the Viewmaster really shows off the writing in the episode. <laughs> Damn right it does. <laughs> you know, you haven't really seen Morgan Woodward until you've seen him in Three Dimensions. Well, so. remember, Mark, the Viewmaster was never going to be an exciting effects-laden episode. Because even, even in, the, in uh, Omega Glory, they had to reshoot the scenes that had the starships in them but it had to be an exciting show period i mean it's like any of these glory is an exciting show like a muck time would have been great right you just hate america yeah, that's it. I just, I just hate you America. Hate the Yangs. I was very excited by Omega Glory when it was almost over. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're almost to the credits. No, I don't. I don't hate that episode. I, I think I, I like. Uh, I like Morgan Woodward. I think he's awesome. Um, and uh, I, I think, like, like Jeff, I have a soft spot for uh, for reading the effed up version of Nista. Like, I just, I dig that. Oh um, man, I'm so in the minority here. But uh, but I, I dig it like not in a like wow that's just a great moment in television kind of way but just kind of a wow the balls of that moment it's just totally. it's just big swinging brass ones you just you can't even get your hands around them see I, I really prefer, I really I really prefer Morgan uh, Woodward as Simon the Delta but you know, I mean, you know, uh, but now he, I, I look, I don't argue he's one of the great unhinged Star Trek captains, which we've talked about, but uh, I'm not a fan of that episode. I'll never be a fan of the episode. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's another scene where they have to break out of a jail, you know. Um, and you'll and never I, forgive them. I love, I do like the scene though, where they try to break out and, and he kills the security officer, but you haven't really seen that. Like yeah. he kills him in cold blood, you know, right. uh, which is, which is pretty cool. Uh, but it's not a good episode. I'm sorry. I just don't think it's a good episode. And if you go back to the best of Trek, I remember along with Spectre, the gun and the Savage Curtain, it was invariably always on there. Worst five episodes. Yep. But a Spectre course, of the Gub. Yeah. It kept, but you know, Spectre of the Gun was good. So I, I, I never. Yeah, I never not really. It. It's on the same level as. Uh, as yeah, Malibu. I kind of like. No, I, I no. appreciate Spectre of the Gun visually, but I don't find much. It's just as dumb as Omega much. Glory, Mark. Spectre no, of the Gun is awesome. Thank you. It's thank you. Awesome. <laughs> I do like it for inventing the Matrix. That's... But there's no virus in it. No, that's right. So let's yeah. let's no stick with it. Let's stick with the virus. But it's got Walter So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to uh, Jeff Bond. Jeff, uh, we're doing best vi- best and worst virus episodes. What, uh, what what's a favorite virus episode of yours? Well, uh, I was I mean, <laughs> I don't know any of these are favorites, but uh, one of the things I think is interesting, uh, uh, is one of them that's interesting is Operation Annihilate because it's like the idea of like what if we take a virus? <laughs> what if you know? Okay, the virus. The problem is it's so tiny and hard to manage. What if we had one you could actually kill with a hammer? Right. You, you know, you actually got <laughs> got a pancake size. Uh, bacterium uh, to deal with, uh, you know, flying around. So it, it's certainly some, one of the wackiest uh, Star Trek episodes uh, with, with some of the craziest scenes. Uh, and it, it's, you know, it's one of the few where you get to see, you know, a, a high-tech planet that's actually, where you're actually outdoors and looking at sort of futuristic buildings. Uh, so it, it's interesting on that level, and and the approach to the the virus making them these strange, you know, blob creatures that you that you can see and throw around is pretty fun. Their attitude was inconsistent with their actions, to say the least. There's something wrong, Jim. Their nervous systems, unconscious like this, there should be just routine autonomic activity. But I'm getting a very high reading, as though even in their unconscious state, they're being violently stimulated. I always was the worst game of frisbee ever. <laughs> I, I was always amused that that episode aired. You know, if you watch in the original air order, that um, the week after City on the Edge of Forever, so he he loses Edith Keeler. The next week, he loses yeah. his brother, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, whatever. They're laughing by the end of the episode. Oh, the old Vulcan inner island. <laughs> dun, dun, you guys have seen the. You've seen the 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 deleted scene that was in that those um, that 
uh, archive set of DVDs where the Roddenberry Vault. Yeah, the Roddenberry Vault, where that you know Kirk was. Uh, it's it's too bad. Is I think for some reason Shatner must not have liked it because he doesn't really play it. It seems like done in this kind of half-assed way. You can see why they never really used it, but it's a really interesting idea of like you know, Kirk talking about how he doesn't want his nephew to go into Star Trek, Starfleet. So I thought that was a like potentially very powerful revealing scene uh, that kind of wound up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good scene. I mean, it's funny because most of the scenes you can see why they were cut from the episode, but that that actually would have given some heft to that episode a little more than it had. Uh, Yeah. It's it really like I said it seems like for whatever reason Shatner maybe Shatner thought it made him look weak or something but he really phones in the you know his performance which he rarely did and it made it almost seemed like he was intentionally trying to get him to not use it or maybe they just did never got the performance they wanted out of the kid. Yeah, the, the the kid is still bitter about it. He said they would, you know, I was going to be an admiral, but uh, he yep. ruined that scene, so it never, it never. Got got his oh, that's George by inventing the blaster beam. <laughs> yeah, Craig Huxley, right? Yep. So, um, so yeah, so so we have that episode, Operation Not, which is interesting because if you say that's a virus episode, you could make the case the immunity syndrome. Yeah, of course it is. The giant <laughs> of course uh, it is. episode as well. So, you know, maybe we'll, maybe that'll show up on our list as well. So, okay. So your pick is operation annihilate, um, which I, I guess is why uh, Vulcans never have to wear sunglasses. Um, okay. So Ashley Miller, um, what's your pick? Vi- great vi- Star Trek virus episodes. Uh, you know, there's a part of me that is tempted to go out of the box on this whole thing, but then I realized different podcast uh (laughs) so instead i'm actually it's funny that you bring up the immunity syndrome because i was going to suggest the immunity syndrome um which is i think not technically a virus but everybody does in fact uh get sick um what i and there's a gigantic goddamn amoeba which is also not a virus but hey it's a giant goddamn amoeba um you know which has the benefit of never having been tried uh, I, I really dig this episode, man. Like when I was a kid, I loved the fact that there was another starship out there, the Intrepid that only had Vulcans on it. Talk about social distancing. Uh, I just, I loved that whole notion of it. I loved that Spock could feel them. Like, I mean, all of that stuff was really cool. I felt like as a, as a world building episode, the immunity syndrome is really great. Um, and just, you know, the visuals in that, they just, they stay with you, like, because they're so specific and they're so particular. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, um, no, Immunity Center is great. I mean, it has that wonderful bit of business between Spock and McCoy. You should have wished me, you should have wished me luck, Doctor. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's so great where McCoy wants to go on the shuttlecraft and Spock convinces Kirk to send him. And, uh, you know, and, and obviously that whole, opening scene you know when when the vulcans are all you know spock senses all the vulcans dying yeah for sure um and you know there's also i mean look there's something about it that does kind of feel like um in terms of the the kind of the the broad strokes of the story that feels a little bit to doomsday machine but like but but doomsday machine in a good way The, the things about doomsday machine that worked i mean which was basically everything but like but it didn't. It felt like it was its own thing that was picking up the things about Doomsday Machine that were really cool. I mean, doesn't so McCoy it as a they out right out that it's like a virus invading our galaxy? Yeah, I you mean, know, good point. It's totally. Yeah, I definitely put this on the list of there you go virus episodes. Okay. Well, the immunity syndrome. You know, it's funny. I'm waiting for the ten ton gorilla. Nobody's mentioned it yet. So maybe Mike Sussman will. We'll find Masks. out. Yeah, masks. That's <laughs> no, wait, that that day is coming when we do the worst Star Trek episodes of all time. We we, we we held off on doing that podcast because this is a podcast where we stole what we love. We're not trying to be haters. We're not trying to be negative. We talk about the Star Trek we love. So uh, we've avoided doing the worst episodes. But one day, that day is inevitably going to come, and I'll give you a when we get drunk that enough. That masks will be on that list. Oh that's yes, all, that's all I'm saying. So. Um, whether it's it's me who says it or someone else, but uh, some of the worst acting. Never mind. I, 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 I'm not going <laughs> to. So 
Don't get me started on it. We're talking to Mike Sussman about his favorite, um, his favorite. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking. Peter, uh, our, our production coordinator, is uh, is texting while we do. This is why I can't stand doing the Zoom as opposed to uh, being in the studio. He's going. I'll defend Mass till the end. Like is he fired now? Or? Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if he gets that opportunity because I I'm curious to know how anyone could defend masks. So uh, it'll be interesting. But okay, so Mike Sussman, uh, yeah. great, great virus episodes. All right, I'm going to pick, this could easily be a, a guilty pleasure as well. For some reason, if you mentioned Star Trek virus, uh, out of all the episodes in, 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 in all the worlds in the franchise. Um, you had to walk mind. The first one that comes to mind is a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. It was a Next Gen Season 2, Unnatural Selection. Oh, yeah. man. What? Yeah. Next time. On Star Trek, the next generation. Torpedo's ready, Commander. The crew destroys a vessel infested with a mysterious disease. They died of old age. Dr. Pulaski risks her life to find a cure. <gasps> Doctor, I want you back aboard this ship. Now, she's old before her time, and her time is running out. On Star Trek, the next generation. I hate that episode. That episode is full of so many Star Trek cliches. It, people growing old. I mean, we'd seen that in Deadly Years. Uh, a problem solved by the transporter. Yeah. But it is, it is, if I remember, like the first Star Trek episode that sort of realistically treated something that we're all dealing with right now, which is this, uh, you know, social distancing and quarantine. Mm-hmm. Pulaski was trying to save these genetically engineered children who, of course, had, you know, crazy powers. And uh, she was trying to treat them but could not be around them. And then they came up with what seemed to me at the time like a cool idea, put them on a shuttlecraft. And then Pulaski was just herself being exposed to, you know, whatever strange illness that, uh, that these genetically engineered children have, which she thought didn't even exist. So she, you know, just as, you know, right now, you know, doctors and nurses are putting their own lives and their own safety and health on the line in order to treat people. Pulaski was kind of doing the same thing. I admit this is not a great episode by any means. I don't know that it ever, you know, could have been with all those sort of hoary cliche moments, but I think it's the first episode where O'Brien got a name. So there was that. (laughs) Well, I I will totally, you know, uh, agree with you about this being, um, you know, kind of prescient about, uh, you know, telling a story where there's a virus, where there's a quarantine. And I think you're not giving it enough credit because I think a natural selection showed us just how boring that could be. (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. Yeah, I mean, I just remember, the only thing I remember about that episode is Pulaski turns old, like in the deadly years. And uh, and that they, they managed to bring her back to her youthful vitality because her pattern is stored in the transporter, which makes no sense because of course, wouldn't everybody be beaming themselves into younger bodies? <laughs> yeah. Snotty beamed me five times last night. It was wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I will, there's something about that. It is just very watchable. I don't know if, if it's because I enjoyed it the first time I saw it. I, you know, if I, if I saw it new today, I'd probably have a different opinion. I, uh, I do remember it also started with a uh, the virus had run amok on another Federation starship. And it was, uh, I think, maybe one of the first times we saw the reuse of the Reliant model on Next Gen. Mm, yeah. And uh, uh, and at the very end of the episode, there was a very touching scene where they had to go back to that ship, which was had been quarantined off and they had to they had to scuttle it. Yeah. With, yeah. With on torpedo. And I remember being like, that was, you know, that was kind of a chilling, chilling uh, moment. They had, you know, say Pulaski, but a lot of people had died who they were unable to help. Now, here's a question. Is it because we're all in the industry that we all love episodes where they reuse the sets for another ship? <laughs> I mean, I mean, even since we were kids, we always love that. I'm journalist. I like that as, as a kid, too, because he was like, oh, wow, there's another. You, you knew it was the same set, but like when you went on another starship, you know, even if it was a like abandoned, you'd be like, "Oh, cool! They're on another starship." It made it felt like yeah. there was this big fleet. So, yeah, like exactly. the friends, Joseph Technical Manual came out and had all the other Constellation yep. class ships. Like when they went to the same. Well, sets, you know, when they went Mark, to if you built models, the- you would have known that well before because when you bought the Enterprise model, they gave you twelve. I know. I you know. I so. well, it just so happens as a kid, I did do that. I yep. did it. 
I got I that for I got my birthday present one year was twelve uh, enterprise models because someone did wow. find you could do that. Wow. <laughs> and and you, you know what? You I are in the that. industry, wow. Jeff. Jeff. Not only are you an entertainment journalist, but you're also an author of numerous books. That qualifies. So you are in the industry. Okay, okay, great. So you're I allowed to like emphasis. Like you're a goddamn professional, Jeff. It was the same <laughs> thing with Star Trek too. You never said, Oh, this is cheaping out because they're using the sets again for the reliant. Yep. It was like this is awesome. Yeah. Well, in fairness, it's not like the Navy, like we've got different architects designing the interiors of all those ships. They're all pretty much, you know, cut and paste on a passage by passage level. Right. I will say too, I find most of season two of Next Generation unwatchable, but one of the only elements I liked about it was Pulaski. And I wish they would have stuck with her because... uh, I mean, even though she was sort of a cheap imitation of McCoy, at least that was something. <laughs> like, like I yeah. Beverly Crusher. Like, I every time someone tells me they're you know Beverly Crusher fan, I always challenge them to name one characteristic of <laughs> that she had as a as a character. What what other than being a doctor and a mom? Like, I've been asked them their favorite ice cream flavor. I'm sure it's yeah. probably vanilla. Yeah, but they didn't know how to write for gay. No, I mean, it wasn't her fault. It was none it, of their it fault. It was not her fault. And, yeah. and they never gave Pulaski really much of anything to do. And, and in fact, she started off interesting, like, you know, not wanting to recognize Data as a, as a person. And that could have been a very interesting idea, but they chickened out, you know, and thought it made her look too mean. She does. If you go back and watch some of those second season episodes, like I watched. But I like that. And I, my favorite thing in the pilot, you know, encountered Farpoint was is uh, Picard's mean, you know, speech about not liking children. I thought, oh, this is it. I want to see this play out. And they they chicken out again. on that too. I mean, why not have the, these people have a few unpleasant characteristics, but they never were able to do any of that. Yeah, but you know, it's like yeah. pick, it's like picking on the kid. It's like I watched uh, where uh, Silence has lease, and she comes across as so strident. And so, you know, when she's picking on data and he yeah. can't really defend himself and it's just, it's not, it's not pleasant. And yeah, also for, very for a doctor. It been done well though. It was just the, yeah. it's the writing and direction. Because the difference and, with Kirk and Spock is you felt they really loved each other and that it was just an act, you know. Well, and data was, Plus, uh, yeah, data came off more as an innocent, you know, Spock could defend himself and give his good yeah, That was the major miscalculation that Spock actually had the ability to hang in a fight. And you always knew, no matter what argument anybody was getting into, right, (laughs) that that he was never the victim. And, you know, you just couldn't recreate that McCoy-Spock dynamic with Pulaski and Data because Data was always going to feel like the innocent victim. Jeff, Don't uh, cross brains with Spock. He'll cut you to pieces every time. (laughs) I, I, Jeff, I'm so surprised. I was so sure that you were going to pick for the world is hollow and I've touched the sky. I listen, I got a whole list. I didn't really pick up a favorite one, but uh, you know, one I was thinking of though, that I wonder if you guys are thinking about is Mark of Gideon. Because that's about oh, yeah. actually bringing a virus, like, you know, the, the right. heroes. Wanting a virus. Oh, wanting yeah. a virus. Uh, a virus and talk about, like, uh, exploration of social distancing. It's like the opposite. You know, all these people crushed together who can't escape yeah, and then you know the 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 heroine getting the ultimate social distancing you know experience that she's always wanted but who wouldn't want to be isolated in yeah yeah <laughs> but so she's Mark, happy because the- nobody's there i mean she she like you know of course she eventually gets it on with kirk but you know initially she's didn't. happy because she's alone Yes, Darren, what were you going to say? I, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, what was the elephant in the room that you were talking about, Mark? Well, I, I mean, I haven't given my pick yet, so let me give my I know. pick. I so, think I know what it is. Well, I think I do, too. You, you're probably right. Lost Planet of the Gods. The, all the Viper pirates get infected by a virus, and so the women have to become the fighter pilots. Of course. Oh, oh, wait, wait, that's not Star Trek. That was Trek. My, number two sorry. on my list. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was Galactica. Okay, um, but... It, which which always I always hated that even as a kid I was like what do you mean though the women can't be viper pirate I mean this is ridiculous and then you know Starbuck and Apollo are pretending like they're sewing and that they're cooking and it's it's they can really, be sexy viper pilots they are they wear their little yeah. pressure suits and everything that was it was good so okay this is not my pick but I I, I thought someone was going to pick it because it is the definitive Star Trek virus show yeah, the yeah. Naked Time yeah, of, course. of course yeah that's I mean, what I thought you were going to say I, that's the show that um. Uh, I think define the show, the yep. characters, 
I actually don't love that episode, to be honest. Uh, but I, I admire the chutzpah of it. Like, I think it's a really smart episode to, to uh, give you a way to understand these characters better. Yeah. I just don't love the episode. But I do. Yeah, I don't either. I love the sound effect with the hand, you know, of the, the right. virus. If the coronavirus had that sound effect, it'd be a lot more exciting. Yeah. You know, it's just. I, I love the isolation suits they wear in that episode that are like not even sealed where you can just reach <laughs> yeah. up and you know, scratch your face and you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really kind of ridiculous. But like, even as a kid watching that, I was like, what are they doing? Why aren't they in like full spacesuits or something that they can't afford the to The problem make? is Joe Tormolin is an idiot. But he, it's so stupid. It's almost like he takes off his glove, you know, and, and it's like, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's not as ridiculous as the decontamination chamber on Enterprise, where they right. rub gel on each other for twenty yeah. minutes. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to two punch bombs. You know, it's like it's kind of like you know, <laughs> I want to see that episode. <laughs> but it, it's like it, it's kind of ridiculous. But um, you know where that came from. But uh, well, you, Mike Sussman literally knows where that came from. But um, but it's it's. It, it's kind of ridiculous when he takes off his glove. and But the whole idea of examining, you know, what lies underneath and having their mental defenses, obviously we really, I think more than any time, learn that Kirk is in love with his ship, you know. Right. And, and uh, you know, it's uncomfortable seeing Spock have his mental defenses, his emotions, you know, ripped out of, you know. Uh, you know, into, you know so it's a very effective episode. But, um, but it's not I, I don't. Pick. It's not my pick, and certainly Naked Now isn't, which was the second uh, episode of Next say. Generation, which is just an abomination. <laughs> Silkovsky. <laughs> you're you're going to be surprised about my episode, because I'm sure you think that I'm going to pick something from the original, but I'm not. I, I It was actually a toss-up between two episodes. One was the Deep Space Nine episode, When It Rains and Tacking in the Wind, which is Whoa. when we find out that Odo is infected. Uh, with That's the right. virus that has infected the founders, and he's going to die. And basically, Bashir is got to find a cure, and he can't, which I love, that he can't figure it out. So they come up with this convoluted plan, in the best sense of the word, to lure Section 31 to the station um, in order to find out you know, what, if there's a cure and that they can cure Odo. And meanwhile, there's all this great stuff going on that has nothing to do with viruses, with um, uh, not Visitor... Uh, Kieran Reese on uh, back on um, you know leading the revolution the the, the resistance against um, uh, the Cardassians with uh, Damar, which is just some of the best stuff. Oh yeah, in that show. Yeah, Damar. What kind of person would do that? And then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you again because my other pick, and and this has nothing to do with the fact that that Mike Sussman was involved and wrote this, but I actually really like, and you're gonna be surprised, but I don't often give Enterprise its props. I think the affliction. Uh, uh, divergence two-parter is really good. The uh, where um, basically Doctor Flox is kidnapped from the uh, uh, Paramount commissary, and uh, <laughs> it was taken, the other end of the lot. That was the other end of the lot. Okay, and 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 taken to this Klingon colony because the Klingons have been experimenting with uh, genetic material uh, uh, from the augments. But it's a really good, you know, episode um, for Flox. Um, it, you also find out in the same episode that, uh, um, what's his name, uh, is working for section 31, the security Reed. guy, Reed, Reed. Thank you. and, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. And it also, you know, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. There's a second ship. It introduces the Columbia. So we're on the bridge of another ship, the same set, at, you know, of an identical start. It goes along with what we were, we're starting to learn, this whole thesis, that the best Star Trek episodes reuse the sets for other, <laughs> others, others, other ships. So, uh, and I love all that stuff. Um, so anyway, I thought that was really good. Plus, it's a pretty virtuoso effect sequence where um, Trip has to uh, basically uh, rappel down from one ship to the other. And given this is... 15 years ago and uh, the state of effects at the time and a TV budget it was pretty impressive. All things considered, I thought. I'm floored that your pick was not from original series. Me oh, too. It was and less Planet of the Gods, but I couldn't pick it that. It wasn't, it wasn't Miri. Yeah. I don't That's like Miri. I, you were gonna say. I don't like Miri. I never I liked Miri. Miri. 
She's just a little girl. What'd she ever do to you? I, 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 I told you, I like the use of the back lot. I like the way it's directed. I think she's great. I think Kim Darby's great. But I don't like the episode it's at all. No, I, I didn't like it as a kid. And I don't like it as a mother. So, uh, <laughs> moms agree. I, I, I just, I never, I was never a fan of Mary, Mary, and I never will be. Um, you know, uh, you know. I, although, you know, we did an episode recently, "A Beaker Full of Death." It's one of my favorite Star Trek lines. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it should be a band. We should start a band. A, a, a beaker <laughs> yeah. full of death. This is it. <laughs> oh, a different beaker. My bad. Yeah. So, so look, before we, we move on, I, I want to ask Mike, since we have somebody who's involved, what, what, can you tell us anything? You remember anything about those episodes? Because I, I thought that was pretty cool. And, and, you know, Deep Space Nine chose to deal with the Klingons one way. They said, uh, you know, we, we don't tell outsiders what happened. You know, the whole idea of this is what the Klingons look like in the original show, and this is what they look like now, and obviously it was a production thing because 20 right. years later. But you guys actually explained it in what some would say nauseating detail, but I, I thought it was kind of cool. Not so much the need to explain it, but I just thought the episode itself was well done. So well, thanks. Um, Thank you. Um, you know, I, it's funny because I don't look at it as any kind of definitive explanation. It just kind of explains the human looking Klingons we see in that episode. You can choose to believe that, you know, Michael Ansara had ridges when he was on the original series if you want. But I mean, that, that, I guess that doesn't really matter. But we, so we had done a, a three parter with uh, Brent Spiner that involved the, uh, you know, the, the Klingons or not the, the, the Jeanette, the augments, the Superman of, uh, you know, the, the con children, so to speak. Because who can get enough of Brent Spiner? He right. can play any role. They're all named Sung. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I wrote the third part of that three-part uh, uh, series, and at the end of it, all you know, there was a bird of prey that had these stolen, uh, you know, human augmented embryos on board. And at the, you know, as written in the script, the Klingon bird of prey, prey blows up. And all the embryos are destroyed in the script. And then I watch the finished episode and the Klingon ship blows up, but it just kind of like breaks in two and you see like the pieces just kind of floating away. And I saw it, it was a very cool shot, but my reaction as a writer was, no, it, the, 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 the embryos, we needed to like vaporize them. And then I started thinking about it, like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> well, what if the Klingons <laughs> found that debris? and found those embryos, what would they do with them? And the, the natural progression was, well, they might try and create their own con, at, you know, using this, using this genetic uh, material, figuring that that's what the humans were doing. So, sort of um, cling cons. Cling cons, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was, there was sort of this, what I perceived at the time as kind of a, a visual effects uh, mistake actually spun out to a pretty fun two-parter, ultimately. Yeah, and John Shuck plays a Klingon, and he's much John better Shuck. than he was in uh, Star Trek Four. We deny yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, it was great to use him as a uh, you know he was playing a, a, a doctor, and I brought out you know I, it's funny because I was going through a lot of old you know Star Trek books and you know like the old FASA game that I grew up playing, and and I was trying you know I, I mentioned it may be the first time it was mentioned in Star Trek the idea of like Klingon casts. You know, so he was considered on a, you know, a much, you know, lower rung in their, in their society. And basically all the medical knowledge he had was stolen from other races because they clearly don't put any money into, you know, medicine or preparing for pandemics, unlike humans, right? Yeah. That was irony. Um, so, yeah, he was, he was terrific. He was, it was great to see him. And, and then at the end, he got, to, he got to become one of the human fusion Klingons, which, uh, which was a lot of fun, too. No, that's that's. I look like I said. I think I think it's a really good, uh, entertaining two-parter. I'll tell you a couple episodes that weren't. Uh, Babel with Deep Space Nine episode mm. was terrible, or, or in the first season. Uh, you know, there's an episode of Deep Space Nine which had viruses, a virus that I I remember loving when I first saw it, and then Ashley was really pissing on it on an episode we did recently, and I went back and watched it. It wasn't as good as I remember. I'm curious what you guys think. The quickening. Don't. Make some room. No, I'm a doctor. Leave him alone. Stop. You don't understand. Can't you see he's dying? Of course he's dying. He came here to die. People come to me when they quicken. The herbs I give them causes death within minutes. You poison them. The 
plague kills slowly. No one wants to suffer needlessly. I thought this was a hospital and that you were a healer. I am. I take away pain. Is that the Michael Sarazen one? No, that's the one where, yeah, it might be. It's the one where uh, Bashir and uh, uh, Dax are on a planet. Yeah, and... I think it's that's the one with Michael Sarazen is one of his last roles, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, he's pretty bold because he gives them all what he thinks is an antidote and they all die. Yeah. And then they, 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 they all go back to sort of the uh, nurse practitioner. You know, uh, the guy who says he has only, he's like the doctor in France who says, I have the cure for coronavirus. And of course, people are just dying. And so, uh, you know, Bashir eventually figures it out. But um, but it, it, I thought that was a strong episode. It was yeah. some good location work, a nice matte painting. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was. And in terms of, <laughs> you know, it, it's one that's actually about a pandemic. So it's, it certainly fits in with what we're talking about. Well, and it affects the kids. That's the scary thing. Because she's like pregnant in it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's one other um, that's a little bit uh, out of left field, but it it does, I think, deal with a virus, which is a uh, requiem from Methuselah, because they're searching for yeah. a cure for oh, yeah. virus. Yeah. And it, even though they don't really get into the virus that much in the episode, there's a great scene uh, where uh, Flint is remembering the, you know, the black plague uh, and talking about the rats, you know, running rampant. Uh, it's a, it's a very iffy episode that like, I, I love a lot of stuff about it in it, but it's got a lot of stuff that's kind of terrible. Uh, but I love the idea of his character and, and that's a great moment. Yeah, I love that episode, man. Maybe because I saw it like kind of at the right time. I don't know. But, uh, but I, I just, there's, there's so much about that that I find just it always Ooh, I mean, yeah, it always seems like one of the best. I still love it too, but it went the, the you know it's got legitimately one of the greatest endings that one hundred percent in the show. It's just the build up, like the the foundation for that, and Kirk's big speech about how you know the android is human just gets uh, is <laughs> even for Shatner, it's a, a little bit over the top for me but it's 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 a got you know the, a lot of the elements of it are terrific i think i think you're ODing on right talent because i i think you guys are both nuts uh <laughs> dan what, what do you think of requiem for methuselah i i really like it and uh you know so suck on that altman <laughs> <laughs> i i love the character of flint um uh it's it's so interesting this immortal being, uh, being all these personalities and no one realizing it. Um, I think that's just a great sort of science fiction idea. Yeah. And, you know, the whole Android thing is, you know, I'm, I'm sick of synths, you know. So uh, I think that that whole Android thing is not very uh, interesting to me. It uh, never is. is uh, by the way, is, any, is anyone Facebook friends with her? Who, Raina? Yeah. No, I didn't know she was still alive. She's on, yeah, yeah she's she on Facebook. She, she's one of the most virulent, like anti-Trump people. Virulent. Yes. It, that, oh, I, like I, 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 I lo- I'm starting to like that episode you would more, love, more. Love her. Like, she does nothing Sorrell, but right. just Louise Sorrell, it, right? Sorrell, file yeah. about him every day. <laughs> it's well, all obvi- much even for me. <laughs> Obviously, Raina is a very bright young woman. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, I have to say, and I'll tell you why, but before I do, Mike, where, where, where are you on this whole Requiem for Methuselah deal? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my favorite, although Raina really probably was, you know, of all the, all the, all the gals that got away from, from Jim Kirk. She was really interesting. Um, <laughs> well, I will say the uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of all the remastered uh, episodes of, of TOS, but the matte painting that they did for yeah. that episode totally made a, the, the difference. Because I remember as a kid checking out when I saw that they were obviously just reusing the matte painting yeah. and saying it was a different planet. I was like, I already don't care about this episode. That's so funny. shot that, that they, uh, yeah, brand new. There's like two moons in the sky and it's this, you know, this massive structure that looks like, you know, from a whole bunch of different earth societies, looks like Arabian, if I remember. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was dynamite. And I remember, and I think maybe you even see like Kirk and Spock, like walking across a bridge yep. or something on it. But, uh, I remember watching when it, when it re-aired as a remastered episode, uh, that that 
I, I was suddenly now interested in the show. I was invested in a way that I hadn't been the first time I saw it. But uh, yeah, probably not one of my one of my favorites. It kind of takes a while to get to get to the punchline, and when you get to it, it's like. I don't know. Okay, really? let, let, let me tell you why I don't like the episode. And the reason I say that is just because I don't want to just keep making snarky comments and not defend my position, right? Um, why, why start now? But, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. I think that for me, there's obviously a very serious play going on and that Kirk is, needs to be focused on the right town. So instead, he gets involved with this love affair with this yeah. android. And, 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 you know, for me... I don't buy the love affair. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, you talk about this great ending where he, you know, races his memory of Raina, but what happens to everybody needs their pain, you know? And not only that, it's like he survived Edith Keeler without Spock erasing his memory of her. So to then say Raina meant even more to him that he's going to erase the memory. And I just don't see Kirk as someone who can't accept pain. You my know, problem, my problem is pain. that it's the plague that isn't set up correctly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so. Maybe that, so. That yeah. is not made real for in the no, story. The stakes yeah. are never really there because it's all there so that we can have this battle between Reyna and, um, uh, uh, and, Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, that's cool. Mike just put up the, the mad painting. That's Beautiful. I take, I, I take, I take it back. What a marvelous. <laughs> there no, you go. Pro- any, anytime you have Kirk or, or any character in a, you know, in a non-serialized show falling in love with the guest star of the week, it, I, that's just a very problematic uh, premise. I mean, it worked in City on the Edge of Forever and, you know, a handful barely. of other episodes. But, but can, uh, can we talk about yeah, that for barely. just a second? Like Kirk, because I think maybe we're missing, like you say that it's not serialized, that it's episodic. I'm going to argue right now that, that maybe there was a story, a virus story running underneath every episode of the original series. Because if you look at the number of women who fell in love with Jim Kirk and then fucking dropped dead, I mean, did he have a virus? I, I think he killed more people than coronavirus. Like, Look at the body count on this. By the way, Mark, I always have to tell you that every time you say Ritalin, I keep thinking, good Lord, is he mispronouncing Ritalin? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. No, it's but, Ritalin. Uh, I, know. <laughs> I always thought Ritalin was pronounced Ritalin. I agree with you, though, about that's what I was saying, that the foundation, the whole setup of the romance doesn't work because you don't believe it's in a too limited a time span. You know, City of on the Edge of Forever, you know, that takes place over months or something. Right. right and a, right. And a, a lot of even like stuff like, you know, Gamesters of Triskelion or whatever, you don't know how long they're actually together but in this one it's very clear they're just there for a few hours okay but gamesters triscalian was not a love affair that was right. something else pure, entirely. No, but there's still that a like pure there's carnal. at least some time yeah. to develop that was american ninja let alone you know an obsessive love relationship so because it, with kirk there are two there's like the girl of the week the girl he just seduces you know like drusilla you know, or like, you know, um, uh, in um, Gamesters Triscalian. But then there are the meaningful romantic relationships, which are, you know, Edith Keeler and supposedly Raina. And I just, like I said, I just don't, I don't buy it. And I do think there's an interesting premise, as Darren talked about, that he used to be Brahms, that he used to be yeah. um, uh, da, Vinci. Uh, da Vinci, you know, that he used to be uh, Fucci, Dr. Fucci. Um, and it's too bad that they, you know, wait, they're, you know, they're saving the whole idea of what Raina is as a surprise because there, it might have been interesting to explore the idea that Kirk is falling in love with, you know, somebody who's not real, but they never really address that. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think that what happened with that, this is just me talking and shit, but I, I think the, the, the thing that's underneath that episode and the reason why it kind of goes wrong yet we want it to go right is that, you know, the emotional weight of that episode is supposed to be that we feel for, you know, Raina, who has really been socially distancing for her entire existence, yeah. um, you know, with this, with this man who can't really connect to her in a meaningful way. And I think, you know, the, that, you know, the show wants us to, wants us to feel that. They want us to feel something for her so that when it turns out that she's an android, it may not have feelings that we already have them. I, I think there's probably a structural problem that's buried in there. But I also think that's why, um, you know, especially if, if we're not sitting back and 
really taking it apart analytically why I think that ending works because for me the ending it was emotional not because Kirk was um, you know exhausted and crying himself to sleep over Raina's death but that Spock had a moment of empathy where he saw that Kirk was in pain and he did something about it right so that for me it became a comment on Spock again I totally yeah. copied the structural problem in the episode um, but I just, I think that's why I always found that ending uh, effective. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I guess on Voyager, there was also what? Re- resolutions, which, uh, uh, where um, you have Chakotay and um, uh, a Janeway are stranded on a planet because they catch a virus and can't leave. Hmm. So Mike, Mike, w- 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 do you remember much about that episode? I have zero recollection of it. Uh, <laughs> there was a, but you were talking about Kirk earlier, and it made me think, well, they actually ended up doing that idea on on uh, Voyager in an episode called The Disease, where Harry Kim got I'll an AI STD. Right? <laughs> uh, I don't remember much about the episode, which is terrible, because my future writing partner, I think, wrote it. But just that I remember Voyager was docked to a very long, phallic-looking spaceship at the very beginning. That's about the only thing I can recall about the episode. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I guess Harry Kim lived. Apparently, apparently, apparently. So, I mean, there are a lot of virus, a lot of virus shows. We, I think, we talked a little bit about the Deadly Years as well. You know, so which is an episode that I think we've all said we have a soft spot in our heart, as goofy as it is. It's a um, comet-based virus. Yeah, yeah. It's not happens. It's you more. Know. It's radiation, isn't it? No, because he's scared to death. <laughs> he was scared to death. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know what causes it. What, Darren? You're you know what the what what, what it was? What, a, it was a comet. Yeah. The, they oh, it was a comet. Oh, oh, yeah. That's right. Wasn't okay. it? Yeah. I, th- yep. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. The tail of a comet. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That's so. what <laughs> But as we know, comets can contain organic material, so it could, you know, could have been a virus. And it, comet it can be used to clean the surfaces in your home and kill viruses that may be living on them. So there you go. It keeps your bathroom <laughs> clean. It smells like yeah. gasoline. This episode <laughs> of the Glorious Trexperts brought to you by Comet. Uh, well, I, I got to tell you, um, you know, there are worse ways to spend this isolation than talking Star Trek. Have you guys, what are, what are you watching while uh, you're sort of, um, uh, you know, trapped at home? What, 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 uh, uh, you know, what, are you guys watching Star Trek at all? Are you watching other things? Ozark. Ozark. Okay, Ozark season yeah. two. Okay, three. Star, season Star three. Trek is constantly in my head, so I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. Okay. What are you watching, Darren? I'm I'm watching Devs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. watching Devs too. Devs Which I think is good. absolutely brilliant sci-fi. Yep. And that's on FX and Hulu. It's um, yes. Alex Garland's uh, show. Yeah. Watching the final season of uh, Homeland, which is about a brewing war, I guess, between Afghanistan, Pakistan, and the United States. So, you know, this is the first season of Homeland that's actually like a happier reality than the one we're living in, <laughs> uh, which is hats off to them. But uh, I'm enjoying that very much. Yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I always loved Homeland, but I guess I stopped watching it after season three or four. But I kind of had plenty of time. Maybe I should catch up on on it. Uh, Ashley, what about you? What are you watching? Uh, let's see. Other than Ozark, I oh, yeah, we talked. The, uh, yeah. I, I, I meant also Jeff. The third season of um, of Castlevania. So there you go. Well, and Jeff, did we? Uh, well, I'm watching Devs. I, I still, you know, I record. I don't know why I record Star Trek, all the Star Treks, and uh, but I'm recording them off, you know, like local uh, low res channels, so they look terrible. Why? But I still, I, I don't know because it's because I, I'm so lazy. I would rather press my a button on my remote than get up and put a, D, D, you know, Blu-ray. And uh, so every once in a while, I, I will watch uh, an episode of that. But I'm also uh, watching a Better Call Saul um, and uh, Devs uh, and and Darren Show Picard. <laughs> Darren Show, don't blame Darren. Darren, Darren. Uh, I mean, I mean, don't don't give Jared. Darren is a, a cog in the wheel. He's not. He's uh, in all the good parts. Um, but uh, that's. Um, 
I'm so fascinated by why why don't you watch Star Trek's on every streaming platform it's on Netflix it's on Hulu it's on Amazon why are you taping it in low depth I will watch it I I don't really get on Netflix that much which is weird my kids are on it all the time so like I I tend to not view you know view that platform Uh, but if I'm on it I will. I will still watch old Star Trek episodes. You know, if they're uh, watching, you could still watch it. You know, it's not like no, there's one stream that only. <laughs> I'm with Jeff. I I'm with Jeff. A little Star Trek oh, no. every week. So my, my, yeah, I've seen them all yeah. hundreds of times. There's something to the notion of like being served up a Star Trek episode. You don't quite know what it yeah. is, I'll, and it's just kind of cool to see. Oh, it's uh, you know, it's this particular episode, and maybe not one of my favorites, but it's on. I'll watch it. Whereas I'm, if you put on Netflix, yeah. I always go to my favorites, and I've seen yeah. it a million times. I'm the same way. I don't like to pick an episode to watch. I like yeah. to be forced to watch an episode. Yeah, I know, but right. that, that yeah, I do that for. when I'm channel surfing. I don't like actually set the timer to record. But who channel them. surfs anymore? Like, I mean, if you when I'm, I, I can't watch CNN anymore. Like, I'm watching CNN for three hours, yeah, and I, I can't know. take it anymore. So, because it's just so depressing, and uh, and then you know I'll channel surf and like there, you know, there's Star Trek on, you know, there's channel. No, I think I started watching like some Deep Space Nine episodes and Next Generation episodes, which I hadn't watched for a long time because of this stuff starting to happen in the last few weeks so it's like oh this is a happy carefree universe where everything is going great uh so there's definitely something therapeutic about watching it well it's funny i actually you know i, I i've been you know just at night like i'm I, like i don't want to turn on a movie so i i actually did a, a catching up on a bunch of enterprises i had never seen which you know a lot of them i enjoyed a lot especially the fourth season um so that was really fun and then I actually went back and looked at some old Next Generations, like where Silence has leased and second season episodes I hadn't seen. A Natural Selection was not one of them. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I, I agree. I'm watching Better Call Saul, which is the best show on television. Yeah. And, uh, and the most fun is uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I really enjoyed this season. I still got to watch. I started that, but I, I need to go get back into that. Yeah, I mean it's not peak TV, but it's it's thir- it's really well done. It's 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 immensely enjoyable. But Better Call Saul is just awesome. Yep. So, well, guys, this was great. We, we this is a nice way to spend uh, uh, some time in the middle of the apocalypse. Very much. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> if this works, we'll 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 have to return to this place again. Not the virus show, but uh, record some more episodes of uh, Inglorious uh, through um, the courtesy of Zoom. It, uh, I, it opens up uh, a lot of opportunities. Yeah, many t- such journeys are possible. And, <laughs> um, you know, and it's not the Zoom of our youth. Remember the old PBS show, the Zo- Zoom? Yeah. yeah. Did you have the Zoom book? I never I had... got the book. Z-O-M, oh. Box 350, Boston, Mass. Oh, two, one, two, <laughs> Did anyone see the meme where they show, uh, like, uh, what, what's his name, the hero from Scooby-Doo, you know, where they unmask the villain of each episode, Freddy, yeah. and he's like, oh, let's see who's behind the, this, pan, you know, the coronavirus pandemic, and they pull the mask off, and it's the Zoom logo. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well look to our audience i just and obviously to everyone uh, who joined us today uh you know keep listening to the scientists and uh self-isolate and listen uh stay, stay at home, home stay safe stay healthy and uh you know you can use an opportunity to catch up on star trek episodes and episodes of inglorious Trexperts that you may have missed and you can watch us on video on the electric now channel which is available by downloading zumo distro tv or um uh uh, uh the uh, stir app and soon the electric now app which i just saw a beta version of it's going to be pretty awesome um and you'll be able to watch uh, us on demand so you can go to your favorite episode of uh, i demand it <laughs> I did. oh speaking <laughs> of it so we did you know most fanatical starfleet office how do we forget about finney Oh yeah! How do we forget? We did not talk about, about court martial. Right. It was always one of my yeah, favorites. Sorry. And what of Finny? Finnegan was in fact crazy. Finny and his one mistake. They <laughs> <laughs> don't forget. He was, he was freaking sixty-five years old, and he was still, you know, a guy working. <laughs> he down was in, Captain Midnight. Coal mine. He, he, he would have been the worst yeah. captain. I, I I would rather have Morgan Woodward as my captain than have <laughs> uh, Ben Finney. Ben Finney would have been a disaster. So it's just like, uh, 
that's uh, not 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 good. But yeah, seriously, to everyone, keep following the rules. You know, hopefully we'll get out of this. Everyone, um, you know, there are going to be some tough days ahead, but uh, we live in the time of miracles, and uh, you can, unlike Jeff, uh, turn on Netflix and watch hundreds of thousands of shows. Plus, thankfully, iTunes is still there. You can still download plenty of movies. If, even though Amazon isn't delivering the same day, you can download digital video. I mean, there's, there's plenty to keep you occupied. And there's always us. So we, we hope everyone in the audience is, is, uh, is uh, staying safe and, and, and doing everything they can to, to help those uh, who are not having an easy time. I know we, 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 we had a lot of fun on this episode, but obviously this is a very serious, very serious situation. And, uh, if uh, we could take your mind off of it for a little while by doing a show about viruses. The fun uh, side of pandemic. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I hope we did. But we, and we'll be back, you know, uh, for the foreseeable future. And Glorious Trexperts will continue to be on every Saturday, uh, right where you're used to finding it. And, of course, check out our sister shows like Best Movies Never Made Every Monday, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast on Tuesdays, and the new Doctor Who podcast, Two on Who, a Doctor Who podcast on Thursdays. So until next time. Thank you very much to Jeff Bond, Michael Sussman, Ashley Miller, and my co-host, Darren Dockerman. Keep on trekking, and gloriously, of course. Engage. This podcast is a production of the Electric Surge Network.